Well, God bless you this morning, and this is surely a different season, but we're grateful for every season in life that God brings us through, and uh, we have been resilient by God's grace to continue to press on, to move forward, and I just want to thank the team that has worked so hard even to prepare us uh, to come together this Sunday and make sure that we do our best to honor the guidelines of our government, the CDC, and do our best to just keep everyone safe. So I thank God for each and every one of you. Work so hard. And uh, we're, as you know, we've rearranged the seats and we made sure we had uh, a measuring rod to make sure we're six feet apart. And uh, wearing the masks and doing all we can do to keep the building uh, as clean as we possibly can. So we thank God for that. And how about the new look here at Victory Church? Isn't it awesome? That was part of, that has been a part of the vision of the Reach, Restore, Revive campaign that you have been so faithful to give to. And it has been part of the, the campaign to renovate and upgrade our facilities, and to expand our youth room that we are working hard to get to the point of getting the permit, and we are probably uh, uh, just another couple of weeks to a month away from actually having the permit to break ground, but we are working with all that's going on with the virus, having, um, you know, challenges to try to get into um, the appropriate uh, offices and permitting and all of that, but if you remember in our brochure, uh, we, we cast some vision for what the expansion would look like and what the upgrades would look like. And the picture of the image that you now see was a vision, and God has been so faithful to help us to bring it to pass. And somebody saw it, and when they first saw it, they said, wow, that looks just like the picture in the brochure. So we thank God for that. Amen. Give God praise one more time. Amen. There is just so much that I would like to say, but we'll have um, weeks ahead of us to share. But if you would just open up in your Bibles to John chapter 13. John chapter 13. I want to speak to you this morning about living secure in an insecure world. Living secure in an insecure world world. In John chapter 13, I want to read verses 1 to 5. It says, now, if before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come and that he should depart from the world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And supper being ended, the devil, having already to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, that he had come from God and was going to God, rose from supper and laid aside his garments, took a towel and gird himself. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel with which he was gird. Now, verse 3 is what I want to focus on for a few moments today. It says, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given 
all things into his hands. And this is what I want you to just focus on for a few moments. And I think, I think it's critical. I think it's so critical and it's so relevant in how to live secure in an insecure world. It says, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and he was going to God. He had come from God and he was going to God. I want to talk to you a few moments about just those two bookends of existence, if you will. Origin and destiny. Origin and destiny. If we could understand that, if we could really grasp it, understand where we came from and know where we're going. Where we came from is our origin, where we're going is our destiny. If we could understand that, it will help us in the in-between. It will help us in, to make sense, to, under, to, be, to manage the in-between. Now, when I was growing up in the Lord, I remember that uh, theological uh, or philosophical questions that, that we would be asked. Who am I? Where did I come from? And where am I going? See, Jesus understood it was critical in his life, and it gave his life purpose, significance, and it was strategic. It says, knowing, knowing that he had come from God and that he was going back to God. That's a critical verse right there. Jesus knew his origin. He knew his destiny. So the question for you and I this morning is, where did we come from? You know, we, we understand we came from from a mother's womb, but in reality, we came from God through our mother's womb. We came from God, and we need to get that right because sometimes the circumstances of your birth might be questioned. You might have been adopted. Maybe you were not wanted. Maybe you were illegitimate. But we need to understand, and we need to know this morning that we are not by accident. We are by divine design. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5, the Lord said this, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. Before I formed you, I knew you, I sanctified you, I ordained you. You say, well, that's good and fine for Jeremiah, but what about me? Well, in Psalm 139 verse 13, the psalmist said, you have woven me in my mother's womb. You formed me in the inward parts. Praise God. You and I, no matter what our race is, our color, our nationality, we were made in the image of Almighty God. See, the Bible says Jesus knew that he had come from God. I want you to know this morning that you came from God. You were made in the image of Almighty God. One of the reasons that racism is so evil is because of that very reason. Every man, every woman, boy and girl were made in the very image of God. God stamped his likeness upon your life and upon my life. 
our Declaration of Independence in the United States says, all men are created equal, that they are endowed with, by their creator with certain unalienable rights. One reason why uh, sin is so bad is it is a distortion and a marring of that image of God in our life. You see, the devil has come to kill, steal, and destroy. He wants to mar and distort the image of God in our life, and sin is one of his greatest tools and weapons. Precious young children, through the evil of a sin, or young adults, through the evil of a sin in its various forms, can lead to addictions and habits to further mar that image. Thank God for his grace and his mercy through the cross where the effects of sin are reversed, where the effects of the marring of our nature are reversed and we are made into the image of Jesus Christ. We are being transformed. We are being changed by the grace of almighty God. You see, we came from God. We are God, a special work of God in creation. And where are we going? We're going back to God. Our destiny ultimately is heaven. If you are born again, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, because we are made in God's image, we, there is a far-reaching and lasting uh, uh, spiritual effect. You see, we are created uh, with a physical body, but we have a spiritual man that will live for all of eternity. And that, that we were created in God's image and, and primarily it, that's a spiritual uh, uh, sense. So the word destiny, when we, we use it in the ultimate sense, sense, has to do with eternity. Now, the Bible says Jesus knew that he had come from God and that he was going back to God. We have to understand that word in that sense because we use the word destiny in different ways, don't we? Oh, I was destined to be with him. I was destined to be with her. We use the word, well, I'm destined to do great things. Oh, I'm destined to, to accomplish much or to have this career. I'm destined for that. And, and there's nothing wrong with the use but I, in that sense, but I'm talking in a, in a bigger, more eternal sense of what that scripture in, in John chapter 13, verse 3 is saying, that he knew that he came from God and he was going back to God. Destiny. I remember when my daughter, she was, I think, about five or six years old, and uh, she always, my children always wanted a dog growing up. And I remember we hadn't got, had not had, hadn't gotten one at that point. And so um, I remember the always desire to have it. You know how kids are, please, 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 and, and you know, begging. And, and they, they always say, uh, don't believe it as parents, but they always say, we will take care of the dog. We will take the dog out, we will feed the dog, we will bathe the dog, we will do everything. Please, if you get the dog, we'll do it. They're lying. But I remember we had some Christian TV on and my daughter was playing with her toys and I didn't know she was listening, but the sermon was uh, on destiny. 
and, and the sermon, they're preaching destiny, you know, what God could do in your life and what God wants to accomplish and you could do great things and, and what you believe for can come to pass and all this good preaching. And out of nowhere, my daughter looked up and I heard her say, my destiny is to have a dog. <laughs> but I'm not talking about that kind of destiny in the limited sense. Again, I'm talking about eternity, heaven. Turn with me to 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3. The Bible says, behold, verse 1, behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. And it does, and it does not yet Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know him. Beloved, now we are children of God and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. You see, I'm talking about the origin and the destiny. You and I, created in the image of God. We bear God's image. That's our, our origin. Our destiny is to go back and to be with God for all eternity. The Bible says of eternity, there will be no more sorrow, there'll be no more pain, there'll be no more death. Jesus, God will wipe away every tear. So, so just, just to, to give you a few thoughts as I, I kind of bring this to a close, time is obviously limited. But what about the in-between? Origin, destiny. Where we came from, we came from God, we returned back to God. The in-between, that 80 years or so, 90 years on planet Earth. How do we deal with that? You see, it's the in-between time that's the most challenging, right? Yes. But if we look at Jesus' life, I believe it's so profound because in the context, this is John chapter 13, this is the last week of Jesus' life on planet Earth. And, and something so profound is said of him that he knew that he had come from God and was going back to God. With that understanding, he took a towel and he began to wash his disciples' feet. If we look at Jesus, we see something in this passage of Scripture, the Lord of glory, the King of eternity, the God of creation, coming down in such a humble fashion, but not only that, he would do something that was the most menial task the, mo the task that was always relegated to a servant, the God of glory would take a towel and wash the feet of his disciples. My thoughts that I want to leave you with today about living secure in an insecure world. Jesus, because he knew where he had come from, was able to do the most humble task. You see, secure people can serve. Secure people can do humble tasks, but on the other hand, insecure people can't do those things. 
Because their sense of identity is confused and confounded with, with, with visions of grandeur and greatness that they have an inflated sense of self and they can't do humble tasks. But we see Jesus, because he knew where he came from, he knew where he was going, he was able to take a towel and do one of the most humble tasks that could be done. Now, if you understand New Testament times 2,000 years ago, it's not like you and I, we would normally wash our feet, put on clean socks and a pair of shoes, and like our mothers would tell us, make sure there's no holes in your socks in case you get in an accident. But we would be sure to clean our feet and fresh pair of socks and to wash someone's feet after they have been clean and had socks on isn't so bad. But when you think of the culture of wearing sandals and walking through dusty streets that had sometimes sewage running through the streets, you would understand how humble of a task that was. But he was secure. Jesus was secure knowing where he had come from and where he was going. That caused him to have significance self-esteem, and security. You see, secure people know how to serve. And we need that today. Amen? In the world that we're living in, a nation dealing with injustice and racism, we need a people that know how to serve one another. To serve God in the church. To promote the gospel and the good news of Jesus Christ. That's our mission. That's the co-mission. Jesus left this earth. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. We're called to serve in our church, serve in our community, washing the feet of one another. What does that mean? That means doing humble acts of service, being a blessing and bettering our world. You see, we're to be to draw our security from where we came from. I understand that I was made in the image of God. That before I came forth, God formed me in my mother's womb. What an awesome, awesome revelation. What an awesome truth. I, I trust by the power of the Holy Spirit you get that this morning. That you were made and formed and fashioned by God Almighty, your life has dignity. Your life has significance. Secure to serve. Secure to love. You see, Jesus was doing an act to demonstrate his love by washing his disciples' feet. He didn't just talk about it, but he's done. he did it. I'm thankful for Victory Church that we've been a church that has done that, has loved people, yes. all people. Yes. Martin Luther King Jr., the great civil rights leader and reformer says, love is the only force capable of transforming an enemy into a friend. Right. We need to love. The singer from the 1960s, some of you know this song, what the world needs now is love, sweet love. It's the only thing that there's just too little of. You see, we have to understand from 1 John 3, verse 1, the love God lavished on us. John said, behold the love 
that God has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. Amen. The world does not know us because it didn't know him. But we are the children of God and it's not yet been revealed what we shall be. But when we see him, we shall be like him. What a hope, what a prospect. That's our destiny. But in the meantime, we love people. In the meantime, we serve people. And as I close, I'm just so grateful for Victory Church and I'm proud of you as your pastor. During this unprecedented worldwide crisis, your prayers have been continual. Your giving has been consistent. Your love has been steadfast. We have prayed for, cared for, and loved one another, even if it has been from a distance. It's been a time of great crisis, a worldwide pandemic. People have suffered greatly. Some of you have missed out on some opportunities, some events, some life celebrations, even missed out on opportunities to grieve because of the loss of loved ones. People have lost jobs, some have gotten sick. We have faced so much during this time and now we face the pain and the grief of great racial injustices. But I thank God that Victory Church has held these truths to be self-evident. That all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights that among them are the pursuit of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Victory has been an international church for most of its 31 years of history. Racism, prejudice, bigotry has not been tolerated by the leaders of this church. And that is why we are who we are today. As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, when Victory Church became predominantly a church of people of color, some people left the church. And when Victory Church became known by some as a black church, I never backed down from the vision that God had placed in my heart. That vision was to raise up a church that reflects what the church looks like in heaven. A people from every tribe, every tongue, and every nation. May we continue to live out our faith in Christ in such a way that loves and accepts all people no matter their race, their color, their educational background or their socioeconomic status. I believe all of you that worship here at Victory are, a part, are not a part of the problem, but you're a part of the solution. Come on, give God praise. It's part of the solution. We worship, we serve, we, we love one another, and in a sense, we wash one another's feet. I believe that it is important to speak out against racism and injustice in all of its ugly expressions. Proverbs 31.8 says, open your mouth for the, for the speechless, for the cause of those who are dying unjustly. We ought to open our mouths, we ought to speak. But I believe it is important that we also live out in such a way that turns the tide of racism and social injustices. Live it out by loving one another. And as I close, I charge you today, having the security 
and the self-esteem and the identity of knowing where you came from, knowing where you're going, to love people who are racially, educationally, socioeconomically different. Love by getting to know one another, by listening to people. The best way we can get to know one another is just letting people tell their story. If you want a conversation starter, if you're not a good talker, just ask somebody, tell me your story. And you'll hear their story. You'll get to know people. If we would just take the time to listen to one another. My wife and I have loved hearing the stories of people. Our lives have been enriched as we have heard the stories of people from around the world. And we are the better for it. Love by having someone over your house who is not from your culture. You might have to wait till the social distancing is over. <laughs> Love by genuinely caring for one another of those who are of a different race. Do you know people are not stupid? People know if you genuinely care. People really know if you genuinely love them. If you're not just trying to tolerate them, but you really care for them. Let's love people. And let's love people by rejoicing with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep, no matter what color they are. Can you say amen this morning? Would you stand together with me as we close in prayer? We are going to leave this morning. I know things are a little awkward, but we want to do our best to keep everyone safe. And I believe things will loosen up as time goes on. But we're going we're gonna to exit by the back and do your best to not congregate too much in the parking lot. You can greet one another. But we're going we're gonna to pray and dismiss. We can just kind of go by the first few rows slowly out. That would be great. But can we pray together? Would you lift your hands to God this morning all over this place? Come on, I want us to live secure in an insecure world. If we know where we came from and know where we're going, we'll be able to do that. So, Father, today, I pray for the revelation and the power of the Holy Spirit today. Let the anointing, God, of your presence and spirit, God, reveal to our hearts today. May we have a sense of identity knowing who we are so that we might live out our faith in a powerful way today. Father God, I pray you would touch every life in this place. I pray you would strengthen us through this season. God, that we would grow in our faith, that we would mature and develop into Christ-likeness. God, that we would continue to be a part of the solution and not a part of the problem in this world. God, we pray against all of the, 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 the virus that we're dealing with. We pray against the sickness and disease in the name of Jesus. May it continue to dis dissipate May the curve continue to flatten. May the cases continue to go down. Father God, we pray also for the racial and social injustices in our nation. God, may people learn how to love one another. God, we pray, oh Lord, that you would cause there to be a peace in this country. God, most importantly, we believe that this nation must repent. This nation must turn back to you, God. Lord, we pray that there would be an awakening in this country. There would be a revival in our churches, God. 
God, we thank you today. We praise you today, Father. God, that we are looking to you. And God, that you are touching us, God. Lord, even through all that we're going through, we believe, God, that we will grow stronger. God, the church will grow greater and more influential, Father. God, I pray a blessing over your people today. Bless the word to our hearts and our minds. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen and amen. Give the Lord a clap of praise. Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. So good to see you today. Go in peace. In Jesus' name, amen.